Go and make disciples. You are entering the Listen, Disciple, Repeat podcast. All right, welcome to the Listen, Disciple, Repeat podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Fant, and uh, today we have Justin back again. How's it going? And sorry about the background noise. Justin is uh, on his way to uh, some work that he's doing, so he's in his vehicle. So <laughs> you guys, hopefully uh, hopefully it doesn't sound too bad on the end, but um, we're going to go through John, uh, the rest of John 1. So hopefully we'll try to get there. Um, but we ended up last time, John 1, verse 14. And so uh, we talked about the Word becoming flesh. And it says the Word became flesh and took up residence among us. We observed His glory. The glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so when we talk about that, uh, that's, that's the verse that reveals the word, uh, which is mentioned in the very first verse as being Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Uh, and then as we get into verses uh, 15 through 18, um, it's talking about the testify concerning him and exclaim this is the one of, of whom I said the one coming after me he surpassed me because he existed before me and verse 16 indeed we have all received grace after grace from his fullness for the law was given through Moses grace and truth came through Jesus Christ no one has ever seen the one and only son the one who is at the Father's side, he has revealed him. So, throughout, I mean, so we have John the, the Baptist um, proclaiming this, you know, to be the one and only Son of God, um, God in human flesh. And a couple of things I wanted to point out as far as. You know, when when Jesus came down, God came down to human flesh. You know, He represented the perfect teacher. So Jesus's life, uh, we see how God thinks uh, in a human thought pattern. So we can kind of emulate how we should think. Um, he also provided the perfect example for us. Shows us how to live way that we should live and then also a perfect sacrifice uh, you know ultimately sacrifice and making an ultimate price and dying on the cross for our sins Christ you know for for our sins that you know that we couldn't do ourselves that's yeah it's kind of um, a cross reference for that would be uh, Colossians 1 15 uh, through 23 talks about uh, 
the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for everything was created by him in heaven and earth. The visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have the first place in everything. For God was pleased to have us, or sorry, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself, making peace through the blood of his cross, whether things on earth or things in heaven. So, um, it's a good cross-reference there uh, to what we're talking about in verses 14 through 18. Yeah, that's pretty powerful, what you just read. <laughs> it really breaks down kind of the whole uh, the whole theme and reasoning, you know, of, of Jesus being here and everything like that. It's, it's pretty powerful. Um but I do like the, you know, where we're at and John and everything. It really, you know, it's the first time you, which we'll get into, but time you, you hear Jesus speak and that kind of thing. And in that instance, and, um, but it goes from the, you know, the first part of the chapter talking about, um, the word and everything and referring to that as, as Jesus, um, or hinting at that, but then it really makes that transition, um, you know, in the next next couple of uh, verses here, but uh, I think it's really cool how it's written, how it's kind of laid out, and then it you know has the reveal and all that. That's pretty neat. Yeah, I agree. And as we see, I wanted something I wanted to note in verse seventeen. Um, it says, "For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ." I mean, one of the things we see repeatedly uh, in the New Testament is the you know whatever apostle is you know preaching you know the gospel of jesus christ um, they're always coming at whoever they're speaking to like from whatever their foundation is so you see like peter uh and acts you know is trying to speak more to a, a jewish crowd so he's constantly um coming at this from like the, the you know, from an Old Testament point of view, so they reference Moses and they and they reference the prophets, you know, like Isaiah and things like that. And it, like Paul um, in Acts 17, he's, you know, doing the his sermon on, on Mars Hill. And so he's speaking to more of a Gentile crowd or, or just a Roman, uh, Greek, and, and different um, people who are not Jewish crowd and they're all um you know of different philosophies whether it be like the stoic philosophy or whatever and they have all these idols the different gods and so he's coming at them from you know whatever they're trying to reach them from whatever they're familiar with i how christ is ultimately at the center of of that they're just missing it um and so like in verse 17 you know they mentioned Moses or, or John mentioned Moses. And so 
Um, one of the good things my study Bible goes through is that, you know, the law, the law and grace are both aspects of God's nature. Um, but Moses emphasized God's law and justice, um, the giver of the law that God gave him. But ultimately, you know, God's revelation and truth now comes through a person who is Jesus Christ in the flesh. Yeah, knowing that we couldn't keep the law and everything, it's literally impossible for us to to keep the law. I mean, it's it it is as you know, as the flesh of human and everything, it's we all sin every day. We're not perfect. There was only one perfect one, but um but you know, God knowing that is is the whole reason that he sent Jesus in the first place to you know, that's that's where grace comes in. Um you know, that his decision to, to do that and to send his one and only son to, to die on the cross for us and that's but that's I think what he's really trying to get across is uh, you know, we need to not think about the law as much because that was, you know, that was then, this is now, um, you know, this is God's gift to you and you need to, you know, realize that. But yeah, I, I do like the what you're saying. I mean, a lot, if you talk to anybody about anything, if you can relate it, you know, to be more in their kind of perspective of, of life and everything, it's going to, you know, resonate with them more no matter who you're talking to. Um, but still, it's crazy. They didn't, they still didn't get it <laughs> you know, for right. a long time. Yeah. It's some profound truths coming through this first chapter here. Um, and, and we're also, you know, delving into somebody else's life here. There's to mention John the Baptist. Uh, and so we kind of get a glimpse of of who John is and, and what his ministry is all about. And, and, you know, he's mentioned in the other, that actually in more detail in the other three Gospels as well. But really, I mean, um, John is that, he's that helper, you know, that, that to identify He's the first one who we'll see in a minute who um, who identifies Christ as you know the Lamb that's coming to take away the sins of the world. And there's a lot of prophecy, um, like from Deuteronomy eighteen fifteen, different things uh, talking about a voice crying out in the wilderness to make way to, or to make straight the way of the, of the Lord. So there's, there's things that tie in that, you know, different theologians, uh, theologians which we are not, uh, you know, argue about whether or not he's, you know, supposed to be Elijah or thing, you know, and so whether or not he's actually tied in with prophecy. I think there's no doubt that he's tied in with prophecy. Uh, I mean, one verse right here from Malachi uh, 3.1 it says, see, I'm going to send a me- send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. Uh, then the Lord will seek, then the Lord you seek will suddenly come to his temple. 
the messenger of the covenant you desire. See, he is coming. Um, now, some people relate that also to Christ's second coming. So that's why they kind of argue, like, is that for the second coming or is that for the first coming? Were they referring to John the Baptist? Were they referring to Elijah, uh, who's supposed to be one of the, the, the two witnesses? Um, you could argue for different witnesses as well. Um, all the details and, and things are up for debate because the Bible doesn't clearly state one way or the one way or the it's for us to know it's whenever the time comes. But um, as we go through, it's talking about um, you know he he John basically says verse twenty here. He says, "I am not the man." They say the Pharisees are, are uh, the Jewish uh, hierarchy is talking to him here, and they say, "What then? Uh, are you Elijah?" And he said, "I am not." He said, "Are you a prophet?" No, God answered. But then, who are you then? You need to give an answer to those who sent us. What can you tell us about yourself? And he said, "I am the voice of the one." in the wilderness make straight the way of the Lord just as Isaiah the prophet said uh, so Isaiah 40 verse 3 uh, alludes to that same same reference there I know I said Deuteronomy 18 15, but um, that that voice crying out in the wilderness is from Isaiah 40 verse 3 Yeah, <clears throat> well, that's um, it's a cool part there that it kind of reflects, um, you know, how John is being, like what how he goes about, kind of deflecting that off of himself onto back onto Jesus and everything. You know, it's kind of, it's a cool way to, or a good representation of kind of how we need to be when we are discipling to, you know, whoever it may be, because um, a lot of people think, well, you're you know, you're Christian, you're trying to be high and mighty and this and that or whatever. And that's not the point. You know, the point is to be, you know, deflect everything from you onto just Jesus. And that's it. Um, that's a, a great, a great yeah. example of how we need to be, you know, during that whole process. Cause we need to, that's you know, we're, we're all sinners. Yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's not my, but, but his, I mean, we're only here to, you know, to proclaim that he is God and, and what he did for us on the cross and, um, and how we can gain salvation through him. But, you know, it's not anything that we've done because we're all just as bad as the next person. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you'll, unfortunately, you know, you, you do see uh, quite a bit of people turned off uh, because they classify, you know, Christians as, basically hypocritical because why are they over here doing this stuff or that stuff and this person's you know they just they look and they they try to use that as an excuse um to the fact that you know why they're not coming to christ uh because they think well you know if you're a christian you should be perfect well the fact is i mean it says in the bible like none of us are perfect um, we don't we don't have to be perfect to proclaim Christ as the as you know God as the Savior and what He did for us. Um, 
that's the whole point of it to our salvation but you know but faith in christ and what he did on the cross is required to be saved by his grace and and that yes we do repent and we have that change of mind so the holy spirit can can fill us and and produce good fruits but unfortunately while we're living in these fleshly bodies we're not always going to produce good fruit so um, no. but you know we have if you truly are a follower of christ i mean even though we screw up times uh, and we sin daily you know we're ultimately living a new life in christ and, and we're forgiven for past present and future sin well, and I think when you're when you're trying to disciple to somebody, the more you can take yourself out of it, the more it will resonate. Because I mean, the more that you pretty much kind of explain that, you know, I I sin every single day. Every every single person sins every single day, and I'm not saying that I don't or that I'm better than this person or that person or whatever. I the whole reason that I have dedicated myself to Christ and everything is because I know I'm lost and because I know that I'm a sinner and that's why I need him, you know, and I, I do what I do and I'm, you know, that I take the time to read and, and all that. That's why, I, you know, I know I've mentioned it before, but reading your Bible every day, at least even if it's 10 minutes or something. And if you do it in the morning, it's even better for me personally. I'd, it kind of starts my day but the more you can do that and surrender to all that the better off you're going to be so the more you take yourself out of it um when you're talking to others you know you let them know i'm just like you and you know i'm not saying i'm any better than you i'm just letting you know that you know this is this is the way and um but one other aspect of that too that's important yeah we take ourselves sometimes the best I find that I see that the best tool for bringing others to Christ is to show our vulnerability and like a lot of times like a good example would be somebody like Phil Robertson um, of the Duck Commander Mm -hmm. Uh, so if anybody has any history on him I mean he was up until age 28 you know he was an adulterer as a drunk, he didn't treat his family well, and he'll say all this. And you know, he even had a child, which he didn't know about till a couple of years ago, out of out of a, an adulterous affair. Um, who they welcomed with open arms, you know, now great, but uh, but yeah, I mean, he was what you would classify as just a really you know terrible individual up until that age. And then he came to Christ and he's a new, you know, made a new person, but he's been able to reach thousands of people just for the fact that they can see, you know, this guy, you know, who is doing all these things can be saved and come to Christ and, and they see that change in him, uh, then I can do it too. And so a lot of times that is uh, a very powerful way, you know, to show that you are a sinner and that you are not worthy, but despite whether or not we're worthy, you know, we've come, we've, we've received grace through what Jesus did and there's no sin that he can't cover. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he actually refers to himself. That he said he used to be a scumbag, is what he actually says. <laughs> um, but he, uh, but yeah, he said he actually he witnesses to a lot of um, people that are addicts and stuff. And you know, he said then it's it's a great tool now to you know for them to be like, well, you know, you don't know what I'm going through. If only you knew that, you know how hard it is. And he's like, I've I've been there. Like he literally was there. Said he was on opioids and he owned a bar. um and just drank all the time and all kinds of stuff and he's he's very open about it um but yeah yeah, being able to have that kind of thing to witness to people and everyone has something right maybe not to that extent but you know god's gonna put people in front of you for a purpose that you can relate to or they can relate to you you and really speak to in a way um i've actually had multiple times where i've i've run across people that were in a certain situation. I'm like, I've, I've literally gone through it, like anxiety kind of stuff or whatever it may be. Like I've gone through that and I can, you know, I can share with you better about that because I have that experience and I've, I've been where you've been. So it's powerful. Yeah. You can reach people. Uh, better than the person. And there's nothing with being, being brought up doing anything wrong quote unquote I mean we all wrong things um, but be pretty good compared to the rest of society and then now all of a sudden you've gone to Bible college you've never um, you know had relations outside of wedlock you're married you're doing everything you're supposed to do and then you go and you try to preach to you know somebody that's totally you know, done the opposite, but is now trying to come to Christ. Sometimes it's harder for those people who have lived uh, so opposite those people, like to, to receive the message from somebody that's like, seems holier than thou. And, yeah. and, I mean, nobody's wrong in that situation, but I just feel like, um, you know, God uses, you know, broken, broken. Indi- broken people, broken individuals to proclaim the word and bring others to Christ. So it's, it's amazing how he uses us sometimes as long as you don't let the devil get into your thoughts and make you seem like you're unworthy to, to preach the gospel or preach the church. It's like, I mean, both you are, you and I are both are, are not theologians and, um, you know, not, not super well versed in all this stuff. We just study it, you know, the best we can and, and let the Holy spirit tell us, you know, helps guide us. Um, because you know, man can really understand the word of God without the Holy Spirit, but it's just one of those things that that we feel like we're called to do because of the Great Commission, and you know, because we love Jesus, that we want to bring others to Christ. Right. Well, and then I always go back to, um, you know, when you read the study, like Romans and all that, and that was all written by Paul, which was a the opposite of what you would think you know a christian would be like when he started out he was a murderer and all kinds of stuff and then he was one of the biggest uh you know influencers and everything for christianity and wrote a good chunk of the new testament and everything like that so i mean it's doesn't matter who you are who you've been yeah even paul says what a wretched man i am right i mean he knows he's bad but and that's, you know, looking at the Apostle Paul, I mean, go read his story. He, yeah, he was about as bad as 
Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. actually one of the ones that Phil Robertson we were talking about before, you know, when he became a Christian, he was looking at Paul and he's like, if this guy, you know, because so he had somebody that was worse than him and, you know, looking to him to say like, well, if this guy can come to Christ, then so can I. So, yep. It's weird how God uses sin for good in a way to bring others to salvation. It's amazing. So even out of the bad, you can see how you can get good out of the bad. Yeah. It's all brought to us by grace. But moving on um, through the verses here, it says, uh, the Pharisees asked, uh, John the Baptist said, why, this is verse 4, or 25, sorry. Why then do you baptize if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet? And John baptized with water. Someone stands among you, but you do not know him. He is the one coming after me, whose sandal strap I am not. All this happened in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. And I was researching um, because I did teach a lesson on this uh, in, in our life group at church. And and there's some significance in the, when he, he mentions about whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to untie. Well, in the context of what's going on in these days, um, I mean, basically, if you were like the lowest of the low, like whatever servant level, you know, was the ones who were untying shoes to wash feet and all that stuff, it wasn't even like, I mean, you had to be like the lowest of the low. And he, so basically John's saying he's not worthy like even even at the lowest uh, level of class system they had back then, like he's below that in regards to who Jesus is. <clears throat> so it just kind of puts um, puts it in context. Yeah, was interesting. Um, well, especially says, because people are looking to him right now because he is baptizing people and all that. They're starting to look to him for is is this the messiah or is this you know whatever and then he makes that statement of like i'm nobody right i'm lower than low (laughs) compared to jesus right so and this is one of my favorite verses in the entire bible it says um in verse 29 it says the next day john saw jesus coming toward him and he said here is the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world and verse 30, this is the one I told you about. After me comes a man who has surpassed me because he existed before me. And 31 yeah. says, I didn't know him, but I came baptizing with water so that he might reveal to Israel. So it goes, I mean, it's here with the story of Abraham, um, which basically, you know, anybody who heard John say this back then, they just kind of missed the whole context of what he was talking about. You know, if you're talking about, I mean, for thousands of years before this, the Jews have been using animal sacrifice, the lamb sacrifice and different things known for sin. And here is John the Baptist saying, you know, here's the lamb, that, here, here is the lamb of God who takes away the sin. I mean, he, he says, like, what his mission is right there, but nobody, it just kind of went over everybody's head. And if you go back to the story of Abraham, you know, God told Abraham to sacrifice his son, 
and then right before he was gonna sacrifice him, you know, lamb caught in the in the bushes over there, and and God's like, all right, sacrifice the lamb instead, and you'll be good. Um, so all that is just kind of alluding to the coming of Christ way back in Genesis. But it's uh, I just thought yeah. it's a profound statement. <laughs> Yeah, well, then he was here before me, which is such a hard-hitting thing. I mean, it's a... Right, he existed before me. Existed before me, yeah. Just, I mean, that's just such a powerful statement and everything. And and to show, just really to prove that he's talking about, you know, that Jesus is God, like, on Earth. Right, I mean, it kind of goes back to to verse 1, you know, he... Or verses like one through four, there talking about he existed, like not one thing was created without him. I mean, it just goes back to him saying that Jesus is God and he is the ultimate creator. Mm-hmm. And there was the you know the word and everything, which again is alluding to Christ. And now you can kind of it you know ties it in more. So right, you can really see that. I agree. It, it does bring it all back together. Um, and. And this next part I love, it's, it's talking, um, says John testified, I watched the spirit descending from heaven like love, and he rested on him, him meaning Jesus. I didn't know him, but he who sent me to baptize him with water told me, one that you see, all right, sorry, the one you see the spirit descending and resting on, he is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and testified that he is the son of God. Um, so this is when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. And this is uh, further detailed in the other gospels a little bit more than, than this, because he's kind of in like mid, it doesn't even really go through the baptism uh, or say anything about it, but that's what just happened. And then now John can see the Holy Spirit descending on Jesus. And so, Jesus obtains this holy, the Holy Spirit within him. And then now he's, this is the point, you know, where he goes off and starts his ministry. Um, but, you know, the Holy Spirit is one of the forgotten, you know, members of the triune God, in my opinion. I mean, I feel like for me personally, it just talked about that much or, or um, you know, as, as we were growing up, you know, we didn't talk about the Holy Spirit indwelling us, at least that I can remember. And and really, you know, being the member of the triune God that manifests, you know, good fruit or good works in our life through through belief in Jesus. Well, yeah, I don't think I don't think that was explained well enough of that the Holy Spirit dwells in us and you know, the whole thing of knowing what's right and wrong and, you know, doing, following Jesus day to day is, you know, once you have that belief and all that, that's, that's what, that feeling you have within yourself of, you know, all what you get once you do, you know, surrender to and, and believe the you know, the truth that, you know, Jesus died for us and everything like that. You're filled with the Holy Spirit and that, that feeling that you have is that, but they didn't, they just, 
do you believe in Jesus? Great. Like, you know, Jesus lived and, and you know, believe in God and everything, but Holy Spirit a whole lot for whatever reason. I don't really know, but. Right. It's, I mean, to me, it's something it's that you can truly, you can truly see or you can truly feel like when you are in dwell with the Holy Spirit and you're guided and you're truly surrendered to Christ, I mean, the Holy Spirit is allowed to fill you and manifest, you know, fruits in your life. And you can see that if your eyes are open to it. But, you know, we talked about before in one of the past podcasts about if you are still in sin, if you don't repent, um, yeah, you can be you can have the Holy Spirit living within you once you've accepted Christ, but it might not be manifesting any fruits or because you're just, your heart can get hardened and you can actually quench the Holy Spirit. Meaning, you know, it, it can't out to, to fill you and, and manifest good things if you don't let it. Yeah. Well, and that's like, let him. When I was, uh, when I talked about before about my, like the job switch and everything like that, that I did, and I talked about maybe like the first or second podcast or something like that. Um, whenever I have experiences like that, where I'm, I'm really praying about it hard and I'm like, well, you know, what should I do? And then once something kind of comes about the, the way that I know that it is completely a God thing, other than everything just falls into place, like so perfectly is the feeling I have of like just absolutely like, yep, that's what you're supposed to do. Like that, that's the Holy spirit within you giving you that, that feeling and that confidence of like, this is what the Lord's pushing you to do through the Holy spirit. And it's a, it's a pretty incredible thing when you get to that point where you, you feel that. Yeah. And, um, one important point I wanted to, to make too about, I mean, let's go through this next verse here and then I'll, I'll bring up my point. But in verse 35, it says again, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the lamb of God. Um, so again, it mentions, you know, the lamb of God, God, um, which, uh, you know, originally said, here's the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But if you really want to know, I mean, about the truth of what you're reading here. I mean, you, it's amazing that we can look back and see these, you know, old Testament texts that were written, uh, you know, a long time, you know, sometimes I guess as far as we can see, definitely seven to 800 years before Jesus's birth, but maybe even before that. And, um, and it, you know, in Exodus 29, 38 through 42, it's talking about, um, you know, that every morning and every evening, Christ in the temple for the sins of the people. And then Isaiah 53, 7, uh, it prophes- it, uh, Isaiah prophes- prophesied uh, that the Messiah, God's servant, would be led to the lamb, led to the sw- slaughter like a lamb uh, to pay the penalty for sin. Um and so, and also in five seven, which is New Testament, um, it talks about it references the sin of the world, which 
a lot of these, you know, in, in the Jewish context, which is who Jesus is ministering to during the Gospels. I mean, they're, I think they're looking at this from a perspective of, well, God's coming to save his chosen people, Israel, Jewish people, and not, necess- not necessarily the Gentile world, not the rest of the world, but, um, but you know, Christ is for everyone. It doesn't matter. You know, it's for all nations, you know, go and go and preach the gospel, go, you know, preach the message to all nations, great commission. I mean, it's, it's not just for the Jewish people, it's people group. It's not just for, you know, um, American people or any, you know, it's, it's for the whole, every human being on earth. Yep. All of his creation. There's only one race, and that's the human race, in my opinion, and it doesn't really matter what culture or creed you come from. You know, Jesus, everyone, uh, you just have to accept, you know, what he did for you on the cross, and, you know, he has abounding grace, so. Yeah, 100%. Um, I know I wanted to get through the first chapter here, but I know we unloaded a lot of stuff. You know, I thought we had a, I thought this was a pretty good conversation and want to, you know, we want to keep it to a listenable length. Um, so before we start getting into when Jesus is to come and round up some of his uh, disciples, um, I think this is a good for today uh, and kind of we'll, we'll move on to when he starts you know, bringing on some of his closest, um, you know, followers who are the disciples and, and we, cause there's going to be a lot to unpack and, and all that. And, uh, we can start, you know, maybe next week, um, coming through some of that and, uh, maybe get, definitely finish up the first chapter of, of John and then maybe get into the second, uh, and, and just keep moving along. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Well, hopefully it hasn't been too uh, too much background noise for everybody. I know this was a little bit different audio quality than we normally have, but we definitely wanted to get the message out and get, um, you know, we, we always reestablish the foundations of what we're doing this for, um, which is the Great Commission and making sure everybody knows what the gospel message is so that they can, you know, come come to being saved through Christ and, uh, and repent and be saved by his grace. Um, so we just want everybody to get that message. And I feel like regardless of the audio quality, I mean, I know that people are going to listen to it and you never know whose life you're going to change just by getting the message out. So, um, uh, I know I normally pray for us, Justin, you want to give us a quick prayer? today and then we can close it out yep all right lord thank you so much for this day thank you for bringing us all together helping us to get this podcast out and um hopefully we can reach more and more people as we as we go on um just help us to remember to live every day uh how you would want us to live to keep you on the forefront of our minds so we can make sure to to take the opportunity when it's, when it's given to us to witness to whoever we need to, um, you put people in front of us for that purpose. And 
um, just help us to see that and to, to do your work. Um, we love you and, uh, we thank you for everything that you've done for us. Amen. Amen. All right. We appreciate y'all. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thank y'all so much for listening to the Listen, Disciple, Repeat podcast. Please like or subscribe on Spotify or Apple iTunes. And as always, go and make disciples.